Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The final word today is in association with The Athletic. Head to theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Redmen TV to get a 50% discount off your annual subscription and get some of the best, if not the best, Liverpool rating on the planet right now, today. Hello everyone, welcome to the final words show. Uh, Liverpool beat Manchester City by three goals to one to establish an eight-point lead at the top of the Premier League. And the best thing about it, it's not even eight-point lead over Manchester City because they're in fourth, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going to talk about the Premier League table a little bit later on and how wonderful all that is. Um, but Steve Hall joins me in the Chris Payjack role. Hi Steve. Hi Paul, how are you? You feeling good? I'm feeling fantastic. Amazing. John Reid uh, returns as does Bailey Short as well, gents. It's like I said. It's like a we've a youthful, revitalised lineup. It's you know we've. I'm not young, so that, that doesn't. But more, you're younger than Pedro, so that's true. Yeah, I'm playing the James. <laughs> the, the, the James <laughs> role today, like you know, so you can play more of like the established. You can be the Oxlade Chamberlain. I'll take that. You're yeah. a utility man now. Yeah, play where I play everywhere on the pitch. And whenever you need it. Like, Oxlade Chamberlain without the money or little mix. Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott over there, definitely. You're definitely Harvey Elliott. In fact, honestly, if Harvey Elliott shaved his head, you could have a case to have like a Doctor Evil mini me style situation. <laughs> with him, like, he's you know. tall. I swear he's only like five. He's five. really short, but yeah. he dresses like you. Exactly. Great. Yeah. And I have nowhere near his footballing capabilities or money. That's so. absolutely fine. Um, okay. Anyway, it was a splendid <laughs> afternoon of football at Anfield. Uh, Steve Hall. How are you feeling the build up? Because everyone I spoke to was absolutely bullying uh, No, I'll be honest, I wasn't. I didn't think we'd lose. That was the main thing. I mm. thought, worst case out of here is that we'd come away with six points, a six point lead over them. Yeah. Obviously, we're at a five point lead at the top of the table. So I was all right with it, to be honest. Um, the, the history is instructive. It always has been, it always will be. They, are, they come to Anfield and they don't win. Ooh, um, yeah. And well, to be honest, no one does. Touch wood, but you know, in, in, obviously, it's 2017 since someone beats in the league at Anfield. So you've got to, you've got to trust this team that they're not going to lose the game. The the, the flip side is you're playing against a, a fantastic footy team because City are brilliant, and you know if they could, if they turn up and do an app, play ten out of ten, they could they could beat you three 0 because they're that good. But I never ever felt like we were going to get beat. It was more. I'll be honest, it was the first five minutes of the game where I thought, oh, Jesus Christ, this is this. I felt nervous then. Yeah. Once it kicked off, I was like, bloody hell, these are good. Yeah. Because they were all over us. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Remember these? Yeah, bloody hell, they haven't done this for a while, have they? Um, but now, going the build up to the game, I, I was quite quietly confident that we wouldn't get beaten. I thought, you know, I, I wouldn't have, if you'd have offered me a draw, I wouldn't have took it. I but don't think. I don't think we're going to lose. I don't think enough, um, John, was made of the fact that City could have won this game. 
Like everyone was, it was, it was. They cried it in without all the injury stuff, which I'll pick up in a, in a moment. But they, the, all the narrative was about Liverpool being on top, and Man City are really struggling, and and oh, you know, and again they've not got this record. Liverpool are so good at home, blah blah blah. I, I, the only thing that made me, I was, it didn't actually make me nervous. It, made, it, it added to the mm. excitement. Was that they were perfectly capable of winning that game? You can actually see it in the balance of the XG and stuff that they they did more than enough, you know, on, on other data. They, they created enough chances, got the ball in the right areas to cause us more problems. But um, I, I I was just more excited than than nervous for this game. Yeah, I, I don't know if anyone else has taken the same thing, but I've sort of taken the tack this year. Of, I don't really care what City do. Like they're none of my business, and if I don't if I don't think about them, I, I can't get in, into the state I was in like last April, where I was basically having a mental breakdown every weekend. <laughs> <That's> true, <laughs> so, so for me, it was more a case of just like it's it's a turning point in the season. We'd leave this for me. I, I didn't think a draw would happen. I thought we'd leave this nine points clear, or we leave this with a three point gap, and yeah. we know what we're about. Then we know where we're going. But uh, you know, we were talking about it just, just before we started upstairs. You know, like. City still had like you know if, as you're saying what with the injuries City still had like 100 million pounds worth of players in the stands who didn't even pick for the bench like yeah. Mendy was there Zinchenko was there you know and then you know surprise surprise you know David Silva's on the bench <laughs> Rodri starts yeah. you know it, it's hard to for all the kind of cry arson that that's happened since over everything around like the results uh, around the decisions and stuff and all the stuff that went into it, it is kind of hard to feel bad for them when they've got that there. I completely agree on that. And, and that's the thing, Billy, about this whole, like, oh, poor old, woe is Manchester yeah. City. I, I, okay, in regards to the goalkeeper, fine. Mm. Because Bravo's fucking rubbish. He's rubbish. We, we played six games, seven games at the start of the season with a guy we'd signed 10 days before. Exactly. So we, we, we've won a, we were a piece of silverware. And you know, and, and when when unbeaten yeah. in the league with with a, with a with a bat with a goalkeeper who by all accounts wasn't good enough to play it for West Ham. Yeah, and definitely. By the way, because I've seen West Ham sub goalie. He is. He's even worse. He's, he he's, is a foot, he's so bad. He looks team. like a lad who's just because he looks a bit handy. Like he plays in the, the local pub, and he was in, he turns up at a pub for the first time on a Saturday night, and he gives you Billy big bollocks about how he's fucking brilliant, and you chuck him in because he looks the part, and he's absolutely shocking, <laughs> and you wouldn't tell him his face because he doesn't look like he kicks your face in. Like, um, but like I get, like I get it on the Bravo thing. I mean, bear in mind this is a lad who you know who's a Barcelona. Thirty, yeah, yeah. thirty million quid they pay for him. Yeah. You know yeah. So that, that that's the thing. They miss Laporte, no question about, no no doubt about that. But I, again, I didn't go the match. I watched it on, on the TV yesterday. Um, I had commitments. But... He suggested I, I haven't got commitments. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm suggesting that I didn't want to do those things. I had to do them. Uh, <laughs> don't miss the match. But then, and I just got in for it. But, like, if your team falls apart because you lose one centre-back, that's kind of on you. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, Liverpool would be a worse team if Virgil van Dijk got injured. Mm-hmm. And they have lost Laporte and that's bad. Yeah. But I don't think our defence would be as bad as theirs is now. If we had Matip and Gomez, or Matip and Lovren, or Gomez and Lovren, yeah. I think it, we'd be worse, no well, question. But we wouldn't be that bad. This, exactly. Well, this is the thing. Bailey, Chris made this point because he, he was on the he was on Five Live ahead of it, and the Man City fans were doing this like, "Oh, mm. is, 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 we're, miss, we're missing Laporte, we're, we're, we're missing Matip." And yeah, but well, he's not. We're talking about a first team centre half, so you're missing a first. Team, you might be missing your best centre half. So we caveat it with that. We're missing Zinchenko. We're missing Nathaniel Klein. If you want to talk about players who were down the pecking order and are yeah. available, they still put Angelino out there. They still got Cancelo's on the bench. There. Cancelo's yeah. on the bench. Men doesn't Mendy. get in the squad. Doesn't doesn't get in, in the squad. But again, the centre back thing. They had Otamendi on the bench. 
Otamendi was their second choice centre-half as far as I, I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. And they've chosen to put a DM at centre-half well, instead of... Yeah. And it's, it's the worst thing is, if, if you're going to construct a team and spend loads of money, that's fine. But then one thing you can't do is be the biggest hit for a hypocrite in football, <clears throat> construct the most expensive team ever assembled and then complain that you get a few injuries. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like you look at their bench, they had cover at full-back, cover at centre-back... What do they have? Um, Mares. Mares, Jesus obviously comes on. Phil Foden was on the bench. Like their bench, even like I was, I was like, putting them side by side, and I was like, could you? You can still make a case that they've got a better bench than us. And it's like, there's one thing you can't do is is complain when you've spent all the money. You know what, you haven't they're, got they're, cover. They're, they're, they're a massive. I've noticed before City fans recently and City the club. It's a massive cry asses. They just love yeah. a whinge for, for no reason. Like, do you think the world out to, to get them or whatever? Mm. City are brilliant. They are absolutely brilliant. They've got the best manager I think who's ever been. Mm. They've got one of the best teams that's ever been. But for some reason, they just love you a Kayas. You know what it is? We, me and Chris are talking about this, um, John. I think because inevitably we all live in our own football bubbles, and I, and it's it's the same reason why there's Liverpool fans who think Jordan Henderson, Adam Lallana, are shit yeah. when the boss. And it's because I think Man City have got this notion of you, you, you've only got your understanding of football. And if you've grown up understanding football a certain way, then you do. You've got your best, you rank your best players to your worst players. They look at it and, they, and they're being, and a little, bit, a little bit of it is them being told this by the manager and, and drinking the Kool Aid or whatever as well. But they have been, they're bought into this notion that somehow they're, thread, <coughs> they're threadbare because mm. by the, the standards that they've set for themselves, they probably look a bit threadbare, but they mm. lack the understanding to take a step back and look across the league and go, it's like complaining that the, the, the CD player in your Ferrari doesn't work. You know, no, no, but that's the thing that fucking gets to me, gets the, me the, about the, it. The biggest testament is they had, they had the audacity to complain against Norwich. They had three guys out against Norwich when Norwich had nine men unchanged yeah. in that game. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> sometimes you have to just put your head down and say, is it really working for you this season? Because <clears throat> with Anfield, they just haven't figured it out yet. You, know, yeah. you, you said it at the start of the show, they just don't know how to win at Anfield. And Wenger said it himself, I don't know if you saw him on Being Sports talking about Anfield, and he was saying, like, we construct massive stadiums nowadays for the capacity, but Anfield's the only stadium left that has soul, where you can go and take a corner and shake hands with a fan yeah. and say, you're my brother. And it's like, I think that's why every single player slash manager that comes here gives so much respect to Anfield. And it's like, if you want to push on and be, you know, that European champion like City, they've clearly got a threshold that they're trying to break into, yeah. beating us at Anfield is one of those things that I just think mentally they're not out of and they're looking for every excuse they can and it just falls on refs or To be injuries. fair, all clubs have that, don't they? We've, we've got that at Old Trafford, yeah. haven't we, to, to, to yeah. some extent as well. Do, 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 the weird thing with City, I think, is that they, they haven't got characters, capital C characters. Like, they've got lads who, like, you know, who, who seem, like, you know, on the pitch. Like, like Aguero looks like, you know, he'll, he'll get in the refs here and Fernandinho is a bit of a dirty bastard, but, like... They haven't got anybody in the team who, who you can look at. Like, so like when you say like Laporte, Laporte seems like he's at least got a bit of arm, and you'd imagine he probably gave him a good interview. Sterling as well, but then like there's nothing for them to pin anything on. So like like so many of their players for me are just identical footballers, and they're all brilliant. Don't get me wrong, they all play brilliant football. But you, you look at them and just think like I I've got no idea like who you are or yeah. what you do. And like and it's it's still the the lads you look to in that team. I think are still the lads who've been there since 2011. They're aspirational yeah. characters. Small C, in so much as they, they're really talented footballers. Mm. So there's nothing. There's, it's it's like why more people like Batman than Superman, because you can't aspire to be it's Superman, true. but you can aspire to be Batman, which yeah. sounds weird because it's just, it's you can, you, there's something about Liverpool that feels self-made. It feels mm. like if you work hard enough, if you get fit enough and you worked hard enough, mm. you could somehow 
be these little, and you can't because look because like Andy Robbo will probably be the example everyone hold yeah. up he's miles better than anyone could ever dream he's the best left back in the world yeah but you get the sense from him Bailey that like you know he's loving it there's something that there's something yeah. that's just uh, <coughs> that's more I don't know re- real uh, about it but it's just that team thing where you look at the two contrasts between City and Liverpool you see Liverpool FCT uh, Liverpool FCTV they put out videos even you know Robbo and Milner like rating biscuits and stuff like that or yeah. doing a hip hop quiz because it it builds character, it gets you to know the the man behind the player. I mean, player. look, that's that's not to say that look, that's 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 PR, not personality, it, it isn't is. it? It is, but that's what bridges the gap between you as a fan mm. watching the players and trying to identify with these players. You know, seeing Trent in his mural and stuff like that. Yeah. But whereas with City, obviously, you see them with their Amazon documentary, and it's like this is how we try to be the best football team, and yeah. it's like it is it is like that the, the Drago Rocky the, thing. The Pep Guard, yeah, yeah, that's that, yeah, great. You know, they're there with all the, the computer science yeah. and all this kind of stuff, and they're, and they're big flashy lights because it's the eighties, yeah. and we're out in like the middle of <laughs> nowhere <laughs> inside, chasing chickens up, like, yeah. chasing chickens up frozen <laughs> mountains. No, no, uh, no one's found them tweets from Aguero twelve years ago saying that he'd be great to have a job. Like yeah, from, that, that's the difference. Is there? I mean, you know, no, it's, it's a, so, sorry, the thing is, going back to the original point, though, like it, it, that's what strikes me about Guardiola. I really, I think Guardiola's a phenomenal manager. I really like, and if he'd been, if he got the Liverpool job, yeah. I'd be bought into Guardiola all day long. I would be, and he would, and he, I actually think he would have fitted our our psyche mentality as it was four years ago yeah. perfectly. Like this notion that because we're all and, and outsiders will know this, the entitlement. <laughs> being a Liverpool fan mm. we have been entitled we still are we, we have that sense of we're the best and we mm. feel like we should be the best and we get a bit upset when for some reason we're not but we've had that for years his reaction to stuff it is that thing of like he can't he's just playing with the parameters that are, of the, you know, that are in front of him so mm. he, you know he, he that's fair play to, to, to some extent but you're right this note the feeling I get from him when people don't like it or Try to knock it, or it doesn't go his way, and you get the sense of a bit like him. And I think he fi- he, he fits their mentality yeah. perfectly. Of like thin skinned, we're so, yeah, like no, we're meant. This is meant to go for us. Do you not realise who I am? Do you not know yeah, who yeah. we they are? For a big, for, again, for a, a successful, I can't say big. I don't know about that, but for a, for a, a very successful team and a very big manager and a big personality, they are very thick skinned. Like it, it's not. A, you can ask him a question yeah. at a press conference, and you visibly see him. Pissed yeah. off. They, they, you, you mention anything about City on, you know, God, God forbid, on social media, and all of a sudden it's the it's World War Three, or mm. you know, you, you, someone dares criticise them. And it's like, oh well, you know, without him or without them, they need to learn how to be a big team before yeah. they, before before they get that respect. I think because the it, amount of Man City fans to this day who believe that the 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 bus the Copperberg bus incident was Liverpool fans turning up to. Solely to attack their mm. coach and not having the the, 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 the the scope of sight to see mm. that we turned up to greet Liverpool's coach and Man City's happened to happen to go past at the same time. If the City coach hadn't gone past, no one would no one would have tracked it down. No one, you know, if they come in a different route, nobody would have waited for the City coach. Everyone would have just been with it's, the Liverpool coach because we've seen that happen. So that happened the, mm. the next year. It's fucking weird. The interesting thing for me is that you, I see a lot of similarities in how. Guardiola is acting now, which is when Mourinho started acting when he got the United job, or, or the, the latter change stages in his Chelsea job, where you know he came from Porto, he'd won it there, constructed a phenomenal t- uh, side with Chelsea, went to Madrid and won some stuff there. And you, you, because you constantly are winning things across the globe, you, you do develop a sense of entitlement. The same way with Guardiola, did it with Barca, Bayern, and now City, to the point where if the wheels do start falling off, 
you just pointing fingers because you're like, well, but look at my history, look at how, how good I've done. And you are getting a sense now where Mourinho just ends up attacking the press and basically treats them as an enemy. Where you could, I don't know how obviously the season's going to pan out for Manchester City, but it could go down the road where Guardiola looks like that sort of character, where he could be, he will not let his name be dragged through the mud. Well, we're only, you know, remember his first season, John, and, and I, look, we will talk about the match in a minute. I just, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with Liverpool. It's far more interesting to talk about things being wrong with other football clubs. Yeah. Tasty, in it? Um, <laughs> but, you know, how how agitated and irritable he was in the first, his first season at City when it wasn't quite going right. And he had this order of, I'm going to come in, I'm going to be doing this, I've got to bring this, this brand of football. And it wasn't working for him on the pitch. And people started to poke fun at him. That's where like the fraudiola stuff and all that come from. Mm. And it's it, look, they'll, they'll just win every game between now and the end of the season, and we're gonna have a, a hell of a ride, of course. But you can see it as Bailey saying, you could you could quite easily see they've got their really tough run of fixtures now. You know they've they've only played what is it two of the of the top yeah. six teams? I think it was mentioned on match today. Plus plus obviously now Leicester, and we've played them all. They're now entering into this really tough period. If they drop a couple of points here and there. Mm. How how he handles it and how the press and the and fans around it react to that could be fascinating to see. Yeah, I mean it's not something he's used to doing. I mean even I think the weird thing about our league, you know, and maybe this is a sense of entitlement over the Prem is that it, it's so hard to keep doing it. You know, to keep doing that year on year, and, and that's maybe one reason why we can all admire Ferguson and people like Wenger for doing it back to back and stuff. But like you know, he's not used to this. He's used to being a Barca, and even if they didn't win the league, you know, like. For for a large time when he was a Barca, if he didn't win the league, it's because they lost to Madrid in a Clasico. Or mm. and you know he, he basically didn't lose a Bayern, did he? You know he won the league every year he was there. So he's not he, he's used to just having it that the big games are when we play Napoli in the Champions League. That that's our big game. And let's be fair, he's used to at least in <coughs> the Barcelona situation. Probably less so Bayern Munich. But if you lose and you you still you still like the the moral winners in the league aren't you because Barcelona mm. are the lesser of two evils when it comes to them and them mm. Real Madrid as well it must be a weird situation again for him to come into this one he probably thinks that because look at the history of City they should be they should be the you know they should be it should be a great story everyone should love them because like I, I turned on the, the telly last night when I got in and they had the documentary about them going down to the third division and all that and it's mad you know it's not that far removed I mean, I remember. it's in the last 20 years you know they, 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 they got relegated a double relegation you know we sh- everyone should be more bought into it, and he's probably bought into that. What a great story! What you know, the fans. He probably loves the fans, and he loves all this and that. But yeah, I always equate it to. We've all been there. If you, you've you've played, maybe you played your champ manager or your footy manager getting to death. So you go back and you start one more game, and you know all the wonder kids. You are you know how to play the game, and you go in it, and you end up like five seasons in. You've got all the best <laughs> players, and you just click and continue. You're just going through the process of watching you win. Everything without having to get involved, mm. and that's why I think people struggle to truly mm. buy into Man City because you meant to that. win. You meant yeah. you meant to win all the time. Anyway, come on, but mate, let's stop. Yeah, that's fine. let's stop. We can, I'm sure there'll be more on them uh, from a very gleeful Ben Kelly on around the league this week. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the match. Let's talk about the match. Gino and uh, Gino, Gino and Hendo. That's what they should be called from now on. Gino or Hendy. Um, they got the nod over Oxlade Chamberlain today, who was more than capable of starting this game as well. There was a little bit, I guess that was one of the things when the team came out, you go, okay, I think one or two might have been a this. I had a couple of tweets of people saying, why, why isn't Ox starting, etc., etc. Well, we now know because Genie and Hendo were absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I would have 
played Oxley Chamber. I said this. I think I said there's much building up, and I, I think I posted on, on Twitter as well. I had left one out for Ox just because I felt like, I felt like we were going to need a goal from midfield or you know that the edge of the box. I mean, come to it in a minute. Our DM box out of four us, but I thought that type of goal might be one that Oxley Chamber will get the chance to get because City do give you that space at times. Yeah, it was again Fabinho just took advantage this time, but those two were just unbelievable. I thought. I mean, Henderson got taken off after sixties. I know he's been ill, hasn't he? Yeah. So maybe that's probably something to do with it. They ran their bollocks off. Yeah. Um, and but that that almost pays them a disservice as well because they're not just running about; they're not just headless chickens. They're yeah. they're clever in how they do it. They, can, they they were keeping the ball well. I mean, Genie Wijnaldum when when Genie Wijnaldum backs into someone, it it's, it should be illegal actually because they just can't get around him. He just yeah. stands there with his arms out and goes, "You're either I stand here all day until." I'll pass this mate or you'll foul me. Yeah. That's all that's all that's happening here. You're not having this ball. And even me. again, that, I mean, like Jose Enrique could do that. It, it's the amount of times that he just you think he's in trouble. And he's not. He's, and he's in he's, complete he, control. He weaves around two men and he emerges into open yeah. space. And then he'll play a simple pass. Or actually what happened a lot at, 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 on Sunday, a ridiculous raking ball across the pitch <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Let me feel, yeah. I mean, in big games against City, sometimes I'm, I think our midfield has let us down at times, and that's probably the difference, especially away from home. But in this, even probably in the home game last year, actually, where I thought we, we were we were quite poor, it was not we, we dominated that midfield just then. You know that it wasn't like City had injuries in midfield. It didn't. It wasn't a bad midfield that they put out there, was it? Mm. With, with with Rodri and, and you know Kevin De Bruyne, it's not bad that foot either, and, and Gundogan's all right as well. But it, it was almost as if Liverpool had decided right. They might be, they might win this game, but I promise you that they're not going to work us. They're not going to out Harry us or outdo us. And he never. And I like Rodri. I think he's a good player, but he was a bit like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. Because he's every time it was it was so intense, and those two set the tone early on. I, I'll be honest, John. When I saw that Rodri was fit, it didn't. It, it meant for me that Fernandinho was definitely starting centre back, and it's, he was fine. He was fine at centre half, but he's a much better. He, he's he's better than Rodri in DM, and that's mm. not to say that. It, it, that'll always be the case because it won't. But I always think about. I think like Fabinho, it took us six months to get him up to speed on how to play in our midfield. They just thrown Rodri in straight away, and so they're, they're adapting Rodri to a new league and to and to and to that team. They're adapting Fernandinho to a new position. They're throwing in new new fullbacks and all that. <coughs> and it, you know, that's those things make a big difference. Mm. And I, and and I think again I, that one of the contributing factors to I think us us dominating the midfield was those it's fine margins yeah. and that midfield for us is pairing at the moment. It is and, and I think you know Steve just mentioned it there but I think I think when Alden yesterday possibly had the most complete performance he's ever had because he always has that thing of of being really great at recovery and shielding the ball but then he, he lacks that kind of like creative edge. Of and he had that, didn't he? Yesterday he was absolutely sensational. So that, and, that move mm. on the edge of the box where it ultimately mm. it doesn't work out for him. I mean, that, that was unbelievable. It's very, he burst, the he little one-two and, and stuff, yeah. And we, we haven't seen enough of that from Wayne Alden, to be honest, have we, recently? And I, he probably should have scored, to be honest. But like I say, it wasn't only, it was, it wasn't only the usual Genie Wayne Alden High energy, you know, do all your work. Well, of course. It, so. was, it was. It was. lots of quality as well. Yeah. There's, there's a really good Rory Smith piece in the Times this morning about like, you know, all the stuff around. Obviously, all this like the fan culture and stuff, but like around basically like how relentlessly well coached our team is, and and you can see, and you you've hit the nail on the head there. Where like you know, I, you know, I think everybody said the same. I, I, you know, I, I tweeted it about ten minutes in. Like City were a fucking mess at the back yesterday, yeah. and you just we were the complete opposite. Everyone knew where they needed to be, and you know, and even. 
even with the tweaks and stuff like Henderson playing right side and almost playing right ring and then later on in the game when he brings Gomez on and moves Trent further forward and stuff like, everyone knew what the job was and what they had to do and like you know even just watching like the front three later on as well like their line in the press and stuff we we went in yesterday knowing exactly where everyone needed to play and where to press and what to do yeah. and Ooh. the midfield carried the bulk of that work <coughs> I am the interesting thing for me is I'd love to have known you know if you could go back and change the game how they would have played if they had put, you know, Rich Dottomendi, I know he's not very good, but he is a natural centre-half, and put Fernandinho in Rodri's position because the game was won and lost for me the last time we played at Anfield because Fabinho was phenomenal in that mm -hmm. DM position and it just happened that the tides had turned. Obviously, Fabinho gets his first start against City and he, he played like Fabinho, like um, Fernandinho does. And there's that moment, obviously, where Fernandinho snaps him and they get up and Fernandinho looks at him and Fabinho's like laughing and it's like, you are him. Like you are, Obviously, he's yeah. your idol in the Brazilian squad. You're like nine years older than him. And you're emulating everything that he does, and it's sort of like Fernandinho looked at him and just went, "Yeah, you're like I can understand. I, you are doing. You're being that destroyer that yeah. I've been for this Man City team for the last eight years." Yeah, and that's that's a, an important thing to to know. So, well, let's get let's get on to the goal then. Um, where are we starting? Where do you start? I mean, you have to start with the handball <sighs> incident, which I'll, it's important to add, I think, Steve, because. The the, the 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 PGMOL or whatever came out afterwards and said you have to because I think it's, and this is what I got this from Max today to be fair and they said like they, they would they they're taking the silver thing out because it doesn't lead to a goal so it wouldn't necessarily be classed in the same as as a handball to Bernardo Silva so therefore it would have to be a handball incident involving only Trent and in that instance his arms out it hits his arm it's handball. Mark Clattenberg has come out and said the opposite. He said no because it's because it's classed as a goal scoring opportunity. It's an, I mean, it's a mess. I, Trent admitted it. It's, it's arm. Everyone can see it. It's arm. Um, I, I I genuinely thought it was going to get pulled back. Yeah. It doesn't, and it reminds me a bit like the Trent Origi corner against Barcelona. Place the whistle. Place the whistle. Yeah. City of City of switched off. I understand. You can feel it. You feel aggrieved after the fact, but don't stop playing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Sambo. I think it should have been a penalty. Or depending on what the rules. I my my interpretation was that I thought had they give a pen, VAR would have checked it and give us a free kick for the Bernardo on board. That's what I thought would have happened. Yeah. Similar to Laporte's goal against what was it when he when it hit his arm and someone puts it in. Yeah. I thought it'd be similar to that, but obviously again, just different. The PM, whatever, are saying one thing and ex-refs are saying another. So I don't know. I think it's handball by Trent. I, I do think he moves his arm to the ball. I think he knows. Can't, not, not, um, it's in, almost an instinct that yeah. he kind of does it. But got away with it. That's one of them. The, the ref is three yards away and he's decided that Arnold's arm, Trent Arnold's arm and the distance of the ball, he straight away, he knows it's his arm. He's not soft. He's right in front of it. And he's, he's decided that's not deliberate on ball. Because you can see the way he, straight away, yeah. he does this. And as soon as he does that, you just play on. Because if it is a penalty, you know, if you're City, VAR will give you that penalty if it's a pen. If not, just carry on doing your job. Yeah. Sergio Aguero stops playing footy. Hmm. He could have scored. He, yeah. could have, he could have just passed it to Sterling and they're probably still going to score. But he, 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 for whatever reason, at Anfield, again, him, he's another one who just loses his head at Anfield. We go up the other end, counter-attack, and then even Gundogan's clearance is just a bit crap. Yeah. And it's just forced to have been on. I'll be honest, I, I, he's been doing this for a while, these shots in the D my head, because I don't think he's very good at it. <laughs> but, but obviously I'm wrong because he is very good at it, because yeah. he just did that. Um it's 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 a kick, it's a it's a sickener for them. And you can see why they're, they're annoyed at it. But I mean I, I took my son to footy yesterday the other morning and yesterday morning rather before the match and 
play to the whistle is the first thing they're taught. Yeah. You play on until the ref tells you not to play on anymore. Yeah. You don't just stop playing footy. You're not in charge of the game. Yeah. I say, Joe Guerrero, you're not the ref. Michael Oliver's the ref. He'll tell you it's a penalty. I thought it was very... I'd be fuming if that was my team. I'd be yeah. fuming at the ref because yeah. I'd want a pen. But then I'd also be going, how on earth have you lost your heads in, in that moment? Just, yeah. just, just carry on. <laughs> and then there's a fella watching a telly yeah. and he'll tell you if it's a pen. It's mm. one of them situations, isn't it, John? We, we had one at Old Trafford. Mm. You know, the Rigi gets fouled, they go they go down the other end and, and they score. And it, it's a gut punch, but I, I can't, I can't. So I have empathy. Mm. I have empathy for Man City in, in this regard. But um, it, it, look, yeah, exactly, to a point. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's superseded massively by my absolute mesmerisation by the hit that Fabinho delivers there. I'm right behind that, even albeit at the other end of the goal, it, it was in the second. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it really was. It was the most in goal ever. And it, it, it reminded me, it's got like the Oxlade-Chamberlain goal uh, in, in the Champions League, that kind of thing, where... City start really strong. We're just trying to get trying to get a foothold in the game, and then basically on a counter attack, three passes. Well, exactly. <laughs> you, we, we've done them, and great, great, all that work you've done, Man City. But you're you're a goal behind. Yeah, exactly. It's not, you know, everyone everyone throws the uh, the, the clock quotes out about like you know a counter press being the best number ten in the world. That, that's exactly what our type of football is, and yeah. that's what. You know, it, it's a blunt instrument, but it's a fucking brutal. I think we actually played deliberate, like we deliberately gave the ball away, which sounds soft. There were instances in that match where we just went a bit, we went long, mm. and we just pumped it at them, trying to engineer a situation to counter press rather than being yeah, fully mm. possession. Yeah. And we can do that, man. And like you know, we're never going to play football the same way they play football because because that that's ultimately how they're built. But you know we're still a really good football inside. But I think we get lost as well sometimes in the kind of thing they're saying. You know, oh, Fabinho is a brilliant DM. He's really good at recoveries. He's really good at this. He's just a fucking brilliant footballer. You know what I mean? Like Neves does it fools continually. That goal. You know what I mean? You know Wilson's doing it for Bournemouth and he's done it for Derby last season. Some people are just good at that type of thing, and that that seems to be his thing. That kind of doing that shot from distance. But you know that's you know in Pep's mind if you're if you're in Guardiola said how do you how do you mark that? You can't, can you? you know I'd be furious. There's no way to coach around a goal like that. I, you know think, I, I think I'd be furious if that was my team. Yeah. He's got the, he's got the freedom of Anfield. Like, mm. There's no one within 10 yards of him. Yeah. On the edge, he, on like, he, on the edge he, of the he, box. But he passes it out, and I don't know which man it is, but he sort of steps out of the way to show Fabinho the inside of the post. And it's there's just a like, channel, isn't there, directly yeah. in front of him. It's just like, if you can hit this straight, yeah. it's the path to goal is, is right there in front it's, of him. It's, yeah. it's really bizarre. I thought, again, the, the, the Gundogan clearance isn't brilliant. It's, it's mm. kind of along the floor right there. But again, it was the reason I said I'd play Chamberlain because we've seen Liverpool players constantly at Anfield getting that space against yeah. them. Yeah. Whether it's on counter-attacks or whether it's just pre-build a play, there's a massive gaping hole there. And it wasn't, I'd be like, well, where's, where's my team? Where's my, where are, where's everyone? Where's Rodri, like, the batting space? How, how is this fella just got that much? He could have took a touch, he could have, he could have done anything he wanted, mm. but he'd done the best thing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, his, his, his choice was a very good choice, that what he did. He was just absolutely but, tremendous. I mean, all game, you know, you talk about like passing of the torch and stuff, and I, if he isn't the best DM in the league now, I don't know who he is. You know, it's Kante maybe, but he doesn't really play there anymore. Yeah. He was unbelievable. I've always thought Fernandinho was that, and he has been for a few years. I, but... yeah. My 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 critique, rather than criticism of Fabinho, has been that look, he's such a big fella. It's hard to move yourself about. You know mm. what I mean? Like you, he's just not as nippy or nimble or whatever is like you know you, you can't tease and all that kind of stuff yeah. or even like even Henderson playing in that position to some extent he went up a level for me in that game because my I've seen plenty of games this season I, I was referenced the Sheffield United game away where we didn't really need him in that match you needed somebody who was going to just do what Gene did yes. take a touch 
go past the man, just change change the game by being a bit more of a brave in possession. And there was two or three times at least in that match where it came to him and, he, and he's kind of got his back to, to their goal. And the obvious thing is to play it back to the centre half. And instead, he just shifted it and turned 180 degrees. Yeah. Or he'd shift and he'd, and he'd, and he'd knock it past the man and move and move forward into space. It was it was yeah, genuinely exceptional. I, I want to talk... Um, he was sensational. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to move it on to the... To a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah. to the second goal Bailey and it's a thing of absolute absolute beauty Trent Alexander-Arnold on the right hand side with a left footed pass across field to Andy Robertson yeah. and I, look it's borderline on offside but I, I'm not asked um, and you know the ball to Mohamed Salah the header it was Everything about it, it was like watching something that had been pre-programmed. Mm. Like, you know, you press a button on a computer game and it's the animation that follows what yeah. you know, the perfect of, of what happens when you press those yeah. things. Andy Robertson's ball. So it was it was it was well, it, it was a perfect Liverpool goal. It was very FIFA-esque in the sense it's just a lob through ball and then like a first time cross, the perfect whip on it. But it was it's just a different style of all the goals we scored. Like you're right, in the terms of the way we set up with the counter press, and it was like I really didn't expect that to come from Liverpool and just the confidence that it oozed to just I can I understand why people say and all the commentators are, are pushing for you know Trent Alexander-Arnold to go into the midfield because his vision is second to none in that team yeah I, and especially with his weaker foot and it's like to have that asset in your team anywhere on the pitch is huge but the goal the, the goal is so well taken you know it's it was a proper game of fullbacks and I think me and, you, me and you, John were talking about it how how do you solve that problem where you've constantly got Trent and Robertson on either byline, <coughs> the switch is constantly on? Is there an efficient way to to stop that ever happening? I think I think Arsenal defended our fullbacks better than than Man City did. If I'm being perfect, we scored that goal. Yes, he had a really good goal when we got beaten. We? It was, yeah. it was some, we, we, the switch was on all the time. It was on all the, all the time, and I agree. I'm not sure how you stop it. Like you've got to, you've, you've got to go press up with him before he can get the pass off. Well, other than that. 
That goal, I mean, as critical as you can be for the City defending at times, no team in the world is stopping that. You no. need to find a way to strand our fullbacks somewhere around the middle of the park. Yeah, Again, that's what the teams that have the teams that have nullified the Sheffield United did it away. Arsenal did it a bit at Anfield. You know, it takes a set piece to break that to break them down in that one, where you just let basically say, "Go on, Trent, you can have it just inside our half." With loads of space, but you can't go anywhere else with it. So you're limited to playing really deep, deep crosses <coughs> and hoping that we win aerial aerial duels or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't think I don't think City quite got it got it right. The switch, was on, all, the switch on all game, wasn't it? And it just it worked to a t- I thought. I mean, again, we you could give City a hundred different sides to stop that goal, and they never could. Yeah, yeah. but and it, all, the only the only way to stop on that goal is if Stones is near and playing Salah on. Like that, that yeah, that's yeah. all whoever's foot it was. And it comes, it comes impossible. With, yeah, it comes and it comes with our own sort of risk in the sense that there was times where Angelino was constantly in on that left and there was that time where obviously it gets played into Kevin De Bruyne and he slides it right across the goal and Aguero just misses it. So it's not like they didn't, they weren't utilising the space we gave them. Mm-hmm. It's just for some reason it didn't fall for them and it absolutely fell for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Heather, by the way, before you finish, the Heather's amazing myself. Yeah, yeah. It makes it look so easy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a curled header. I, with the way Liverpool play, I've seen them do this in pre-season training. I always think, I always think about it and it's a difference between when you're really good at football and when you just you can just play football is that the pass in, the pass tells you what to do with it. You don't need you don't decide yourself what you're doing with it. The, you're so well trained the, the type of pass and how it comes at you tells you where you move it yeah, the, and, and the way it comes at them that is there's nothing else you can do. You can either do, you know, you can try other things, but they're wrong. Yeah. They're all the wrong things. The, the, goal, no the cross, the, the, the two crosses for the second and the third, they're the goal, are they? Yeah. The two crosses are the goal because it's a goal. It's They've put the dinner on the plate and just said, just eat that. It's, it's, just finish that. Yeah. Salah's an odd one in that. You know, he's, the more I watch him, the more he starts around me, Harry Kane, except he's playing as a winger. Right. In that, he might not do nothing all game, but then give him that sniff. Yeah. And he'll, and he'll just, he's going to score that. You know, I don't think he, he was he was all right, Sal. He was he was pretty good. You could tell he was hobbled a bit, mm. but he's he's so clinical. I mean, like that that one chance, he's, it's a goal. It's a goal all day. You just knew as soon as you saw it was him. If he's on side, he's he's going to score. Yeah. There was no there was just no doubt that that was a goal. Yeah. Uh, it was. I mean, listen again. They're moaning about VAR. I mean, there's a little line on the floor that tells you we were on side. Seen, just, that, that is one you, you can't argue with that one. You oh. can argue with the pens and argue, they are arguing. People have tried. Have you seen people that have redrawn the lines? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, like it, it was for, for the Firmino. It's like, it starts here and it's like, it's just like every time. Amazing. Yeah. Um, he, he's on side. Yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold, John, he, um, he had a couple of interesting runs uh, mm. on the board. Stephen reminded me of young Stephen Gerrard. I, I, I tweeted this the other day. At some point... He's going to do one when he bursts in from the right-hand side and he slams it in the top bin. And I think we'll see a little spate of goals from Trent. If he, once he starts adding, if he adds like five goals a season to his game, I just don't think there's any doubt that he's the best right-back in the world. No, there can't be. And you know, it's and there might it, not be already, by the way. Oh, but yeah. that, that makes it beyond doubt. I think. And, he, and he's getting the attention for all the right things. I mean, you're seeing it in the press a lot more in the last six, nine weeks, whatever it is. Um, the, the you know the attention not just on what he brings defensively, but all he adds in terms of the, you know going forward and, and the passing and stuff. But I, it, it's not so much that for me, it's not so much a thing of his ability. It's more a thing of his when I say his confidence. Like he's clearly got the confidence that he got into those positions yesterday. It's just it coming off for him really. But to have that in you know, in what was the biggest game of the season, you know, and could potentially be the biggest game of the season depending on what happens in May. Um, 
it speaks volumes about the lad, I think. You know, like he, he's done it in on you know the biggest stages against like Ronaldo and stuff in the Champions League. But then it, it's a different type of thing to try and take that responsibility, I think, onto yourself in a game like that, and to and to and to not just think, say. Think about City away in the Champions League quarterfinal, and they like triple up on him basically because they think he's the weak link and they're pushing Silva over there, the Sane over there, and the, you know whatever. And his job there was like he felt like he was <laughs> hanging on for dear life. You know, he's, he's just. He's just firefighting in that game. Whereas these these days, he still got, he still has the ability to do that. But once he's emerged from whatever the little skirmish he's involved in, he lifts his head up and he goes back to doing the stuff that he does really well on the front foot. We used to talk on this show about 12, 18 months ago about the thing of one goes and one stays with the fullbacks. So we saw in this game, Robert goes forward and whoever was playing, you know, well, it used to be Milner, didn't it? Left back, Milner sits in a bit and the other lad will go or whatever or Klein to play it right back. I mean, do the same. Yesterday and you know for the last however many months it's the exact opposite. They both just go and and that that's a uh, you know that's not just coaching and stuff. That that that's intelligence. That's that's mm. that's, that's, that's an awareness of, of like knowing where to be and like you say and and backing yourself to. Well, I'm involved in this year against this lad, but then once I get past them, I trust myself to you know like like Matt up at centre half, you know to, to go into midfield yeah. and do this. And I feel comfortable. You know th- that comes from confidence in your teammates knowing that they'll, they'll cover fear behind you and stuff. But also yourself. You know what about the, the, the analysis of Trent sometimes is you get you get told that you know, oh Trent's being caught out of position. He, he hasn't. He, he's, he's where he's meant to be. That's his position. He's been told to go there, and if it, and him being there, it'll benefit us ten times, and then it might get him once. Trent has been get caught out of position when he's in a flat back four. Yeah. He's where he's counter attacking, and he's not there to support the yeah. attack. Honestly, the right it's, it's, his, he's doing exactly what he's meant to be. Yeah. He, if he gets caught out the, up the pitch, like I say, where it's almost like. We're saying, listen, we're going to put him there and it's going to hurt you more than it hurts us. You, you might get in. And to be what I, what I would say on Trent yesterday is that Raheem Sterling done him a few times. Like, absolutely sent him for the echo. But his head never went. He, no. he, he, he never lost He never lost it. Like, there'll be people, I've not checked the comments back properly, but I guarantee there'll be people who, who thought that like Trent had a bad game because Sterling's of that. Are so good. Sterling is absolutely brilliant. He was, that was the most dangerous wide performance I think I've seen since Ed Nazar yeah. come to Anfield. Yeah. Like, Every time he picked the ball up, it was he was he? a constant threat. He goes wherever he wants to go with the ball. I'm so sad that we don't have him as an option in our squad. Um, he still, he still, I think he still shits the bed a bit. Uh, you know, we lost he plays to us. You know, yeah, we definitely he, got to him. But the, the interesting thing is that he and we said about 10, 15 minutes into the game, he and Tom, he's going to score it. Like this, this is going to be the game that he gets his outfield goal and gives it lifters and like doesn't. That's it. You know, that, that's the end of us having to boost early. But um, oh no, I you know what keep booming him because it clearly oh, it clearly affects him, doesn't yeah, it? Of course, but, but that's that's what I was going to say is that he's the most confident I've ever seen him at Anfield in this yeah, game. Like yeah. it normally the jeers and the jitters, it, you can see the nerves in him. But he had a point to prove, and then but that I think that drew more out of Gomez, especially when he came on and Trent. In that you know they're all England internationals and they know the history of Sterling leaving the club, and you know that they want to bring him back down to his level and they want to succeed. Gomez picked him up. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is that just he, incredible? <laughs> <laughs> two moments of show, uh, that showed you that like there's no fear. Bailey with yeah. was that it was Gomez coming on. Got barely had the kick, but just, 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 just literally picks him up and moves him out yeah. of his way. Yeah. And you've got Andy Robbo doing it, it just sort of similar to, to Walker yeah. getting stuck in a tussle with him in the corner and then walking away with a massive grin. Even Trent on Sterling giving the nudge into yeah. the crowd. Like it's Sterling very shit. Trent on the back on the back. He got so angry. He, he, he did like a, a Austin Powers style judo shot <laughs> on the. Uh, on the back of his neck, and, uh, he got very lucky not to get more, more penalised for that. But again, you're right; it all feeds into this notion of 
everyone knew the role everyone there was no like oh, i'm going up against the almighty dot dot yeah. dot we were like and it was mentioned actually wasn't it in the in on sky's coverage and jose Mourinho was talking to Vincent company and like yeah look you're the, you're the champions of england but they're the champions of europe the there's a confidence that comes with yeah. With having that, and that's that's absolutely what it is. It was them. just a big dick measuring contest. Like when they were coming out, it was the champions of Europe meet the champions of England. It's like I know what I'd rather be. Obviously, different now. If you're a Liverpool fan, you've not won it for thirty years, but for, to a neutral, you know what you'd rather be. But it's the fact that it, obviously the media and are trying to hype it up as you know the new derby. You know this is an, and it, that game felt like a proper derby in the sense that there was the spats that we used to have with United. You know that Gerard has had with Van Persie in the past and. There's that real nastiness that's coming into these games now because they, we both want to just be the best. Yeah. And there's no nobody wants to settle for less anymore. The thing that stands me in your race is that you said the Trump the Trump card of it all. I, I, we'd all we'd all probably swap a European Cup for just to break the Premier League, duck, I think. But again, I always think about it in terms of the players and all that. You can go and win a league title in a bunch of different places, can't you? Yeah. You can go and win a, a player, a, a top level world superstar might travel around and he might win the Bundesliga and the Premier League and the league and Serie yeah. But you know, if you win a European Cup, it's going to be that's the one that <coughs> you'll show you. You'll be proud of everything you've won, but that'll be the one. That'll be the one that takes that takes absolute pride of place mm. in your in 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 your cabinet and all that. And, and again, I think we played with a team that like a team that believed that yeah. that they believed that there was something more to us than you know as as a result of what we've achieved. I thought it was I thought it was brilliant. Um, their goal absolutely kills the game. Um, Jordan Henderson, John, he um, again talk about how good the midfield was. We, we we focused a bit on Genie, but Jordan Henderson deserves it. Sixty mm. minutes played absolutely everywhere. Uh, gave everything for the team, won the ball back, drove the team forward, stands them up on the right wing. And for a lad who we, we all thought he was sold down the river a bit by Kenny Dalglish playing in right mid, you know, he's got the ability to do that for the team. It, would, it was comes back to it for me with Henderson. If you insert another more fashionable player into the things that he does, I think everyone's absolutely made up. Um, great run, great cross, leads to a fantastic goal. Yeah, you know, he's... It's, it's exactly the type of performance you want to see from from a Liverpool centre mid in, that, in a game of that size, but also from your captain. You know what I mean? Like chasing Everton, you know, try, trying to win every every battle you can win. But as, as you say, like you know, I just don't think he's he's, he's not a fashionable player. As he as you say, he's, he's just there's nothing nothing sexy about him. Like he, even Ian with Carragher after the game describing the goal, he literally just said like Carragher's trying to get some kind of like deep analysis out of him. And he's just saying. Yeah, basically, like you know, I, 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 I get to the byline and and then I always put it in back stick because I know Mane might be there, and then he, and then he shows him another goal. It's the same, and he goes, yeah, you know, basically I put it back stick, and Mane will be there. <laughs> like, there's nothing, you know, he's such an unassuming fella, and he's just like an ordinary, like, like an ordinary bloke. But like, it's 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 brilliant, you know, to, to do that in every game. I think is is an art that you know people don't appreciate. You know what I mean? We're, we're very we're very quick to as as I think as football fans to give the praise to. The Gerards and the Alonzos and whoever else for for the passion and for for the for for, for the good looking stuff, but we forget the kind of edge of Gerard's game was you know being industrious and box to box and like that his idol was Roy Keane. You know what I mean? It's it's that kind of gnarl and athleticism that that you know and to an extent that's that's what City lack, I suppose. You know we were saying before with me and thin skin like that's what they lack. They don't well, have been, that. I, I was watching them the other week. And it, when he plays slightly more advanced, he reminds me a bit of Jordan Henderson in that, like, you know, he's not so good that he's going to, you know, burst past two men and slam a ball on the top in. He's just a good, he's a good midfielder, but you, can, you see the difference and obviously your home advantage and being a captain and all that kind of stuff. Like, and maybe you're understanding and having the, the bottle and your role in the team. 
But Henderson, you know, again, there's, there'll be plenty of people who probably think Gundogan's a better player than Jordan Henderson, and I saw no evidence you, of that. You, I think it was you or Chris said about two or three years ago about, like, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd fit really well in, in the Spurs team of two or three years ago, Jordan Henderson. Um, he's, he's almost becoming like the James Milner, I think, of when, when he was at City. Like, everyone used to look at Milner at City and go, I love him in our team. You know, he, mm. he's a utility man, but he just, he's just everywhere and does all the right things. And I think, like, whether it's a you know it's like an echo chamber of us, I don't know. But like I think like I don't know whether other fans from other teams look at him. Certainly no, when he, play, when, when he plays for England, he seems to get deployed. He won, he won, but a lot of people over did a couple of years ago for for England in the, in the, in the World Cup. And that. that that moment of that goal kind of sums Jordan Henderson up a bit. And that he works hard, he puts his foot in. It looks a little bit ungainly. Like it doesn't look so smooth. Like he's not gliding past players. It, it is a little bit scruffy. But then there's an. Um, you imagine if it would be like it's like when you put your foot down in, a, in an old car, a bit like. <laughs> it's not like it's not like putting like this like supercar yeah. that goes. It isn't. Yeah. But it isn't Kevin De Bruyne just skipping by yeah, someone and making it look. It's yeah. it's a big it's a bit ungainly. Mm. But then at the end of it, there's a, a there's a piece of sheer quality yeah. that is literally you can't stop. I mean, the goalie might be able to save the other. Probably, I don't know. It's hard because he's going. He's diving past it. And he's rubbish. And he's got hologram hands. Yeah, so that doesn't help him. <laughs> but. <laughs> But like, it, it, it kind of summed the Henderson up, I thought, in that. Yeah. It's will to win. Like that, that, That's something that, again, and it's a bit cliche because people like, you know, tactics and stats and, and all this. And I, mean, mm. I argue with Chris about this sometimes because he, he goes up on him. And I'm just like, sometimes it's just like putting your foot in. Yeah. Like yeah. that 50-50, someone's winning that. And it's just it's Jordan Henderson's winning it yeah. because yeah. He, he wants to win it more or he's really? stronger or, he's, or whatever. Mm. So, so like... As, as good as it can be, sometimes it's just a case of can you win that little battle yeah. and does the ball bounce your way? And that's yeah. what it was. I want to move move things on a bit because I think, so. Bailey, when we, we <coughs> Henderson goes off, mm. and it, Steve mentioned earlier, apparently he'd been ill in the week, so there was obviously, I think it's, it's an it's intelligent move. It's yeah, a yeah, and obviously he's, he's going to go away in the international break and he'll play a lot of football there and there's a busy period coming up. Don't mm-hmm. want him as, as available as possible. We changed to a sort of 4-2-3-1, It was very 4-4-2, I thought. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, very well, out of possession, certainly. I think you, it, 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 there's very little difference between those formations when you when you ultimately come to it. If you, you just basically make... Bobby Firmino drop a little bit deeper and all of a sudden you Salah goes into the middle a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it was, um, it didn't work and I think a lot of that is because Jordan Henderson was having such a, such a, such an impact on that, on that team. My thought at the time was we're trying to, we, we go, we're just trying to mix up, we're trying to be a threat in a different way yeah. rather than shut up shop. We're going to just make, yeah. we're just going to give them something new to think about yeah. And it didn't. I don't think it worked, and I actually think it gave them a little bit more impetus and gave yeah. them a greater foothold in the game. I mean, it, fair play to Klopp for trying it. You know, it takes bollocks to try it against Manchester City, obviously. Yeah. But it was because me and Ben obviously were sat together in in Birkel and we were like, "Is he playing a four-two-three-one?" And then we were like, "No," because now Trent and Robertson have switched, and now Salah and Mane have swapping. And it, it was just a bit of like a roll of the dice, go and do what you want sort of thing. You've got your three 0 up. Let's have some fun. But you're right. It did seem. Like we did lose a lot when 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 Henderson went off, and I think that's something that's that's what I was going to say a minute ago is that Henderson's very much a player that you don't realise what you've got till it's gone, and the, the, the things that he does for the team, the dirty work that he does for the team. Yes, you put in a flary player like Oxlade Chamberlain on, but did we really need him for that? Well, we bring we bring Milner on, and I get it. I get it. Like, and Milner goes left hand side, and to me again, it's why I thought I originally thought it was four two three one because it's like. We've done this where you bring a Regan mm. and you put a Regan on the on the left wing and you move one of Salah Mane centre forward or Salah centre forward Mane to the right and then Firmino into the into the kind of ten and it just I think if we had put a Regan 
I think we actually probably would have caused them more problems. But I also get it. You, he wants Milner on the pitch this thing yeah. because it's so important to have a guy. You just you know, if you're taking the captain off, putting your vice captain <laughs> on, I think you know yeah. psychologically, I think it's an important I think thing it, to do. At first, when Milner comes on, it's, it's Milner Hens. It's it not. I don't think it changes that much actually. I thought it, it was a bit more forty for anyone. But you know, Juan Aldum's kind of has to do a bit of a job over on the other side, isn't he, and stuff. Um, I think Klopp, they score, and I think... Well, he's raging, isn't he? He's trying, to, he's trying to get the sub on in the first exactly. place. Exactly. It's kind of intimated in some of the coverage I've seen that he's angry about a foul or whatever. He's trying to get the sub he's on. He's not. He's trying to get the sub on because the guys there, the boards, they're about to put the board up and City take the throw over the far hand side yeah. and then it, 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 that period of play ends with the ball in the back of the net and Clive, like I've seen angry Klopp. He's furious. He, he is... He runs down the touchline, he's screaming at the lines, and he's screaming at the fourth official, he's screaming at Mike Oliver. But he's um, not screaming at the sky, he's not giving it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I had two subs to run on. Subs, two yeah, subs. Yeah, he's, he's almost like, he's identified the problem. I've tried this, not working. He's taken for me, he's put Chamberlain on, and then we do go for like it is proper 4 4 2. Yeah. I actually thought he took the wrong player off, I think he should have took Salah off. Yeah. I don't think Salah, I don't think mm. he would run anymore, I think, he's, I think he was struggling. But. I think he had, and it, the goal comes from the place where he's trying to put Oxley Chamberlain. He is trying to go four four two. He is he knows what he knows what this he, he can see. I've tried this four two three one whatever it is, and it's, we look a bit of a mess. It's hard to come on. I feel sorry for Milner. That must be a hard game to come on to, you know, it, to get it, you know up to the pace of the game. He, and was, stuff. he was fine. He done all right. He looked he was fine, but it wasn't. But you could, probably could have done with combative midfield Milner maybe in, yeah. at, at, at that point. But it was one of them, wasn't it? Like he right, Ox is bright coming on. Go, getting Gomez on ultimately the right call because their game plan, John, becomes... Give it to Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> but let Sterling play 20 yards deeper, pick, let him get it and let him just run it out of fence <coughs> and hope that some stuff happens. And, mm. you know, it, it comes very close to work and Sterling makes a poor decision. He can maybe have a shot against Alisson. He tries to square it. Yeah, it's not my lover and kind of is on the floor and sticks his leg out. Yeah, exactly. I was actually forgot about that. That was actually really nice. It yeah. was... The ultimate compliment to Sterling that we just we just put two right backs on, yeah. and we said <laughs> we we don't think anyone else is going to score. I think you're the threat. It's clever. It's it's really good actually management from Klopp in that. Yeah. It's it's spotting a problem and going. You know what? I'm not. What's the word? I'm I'm humble enough to go. You know what? You're having the better of this. You you this this mm. period of the game. He said afterwards after the game that was City's best spell yeah. for 75 minutes. We were good, and then the day dominated the last 15. And he identifies and goes, okay, that's fine. I'm 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 more than willing to say. I'll just, I'll just stick another defender. I'll, I'll take the three-one. I'll t- I'll t- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm happy with the yeah. nine-point lead. The well, no, we could, you know, we could have fallen to hubris there, couldn't we, John? Well, we, we could did. have decided that we could have gone, a, you know, the, make a more offensive substitution yeah. again. You've got, you could bring in a Rigi or whatever in, bring Cater in, whatever. He's just gone. No, this is it, lads. Well done. We, this is the most we're getting from this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know, you're a, you're ahead in poker. <coughs> you, 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 now's the time. Now's the time to I mean, cash out. That's that's the. You know, it comes back to the managers again, doesn't it? But that's the 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 difference I think between Klopp and Guardiola over the last three years in terms of this league. I think is that I think Klopp's learned more and more the, the more every season he's been here, like how to manage. You know, and it's something people used to um, give loads of plaudits to Mourinho for, like how to how to compartmentalize each part of the season and what I need from each game and stuff. Because like I because I, I thought the same. I thought, well, what if he takes, what if he takes, uh, you know. Salah off and puts Mane right out because we seem to be getting a lot of because I thought Angelino had a good game for them but I thought he left a lot of space in behind and the dead back line was terrible so I thought well, if you put him right side and Origi left we'll probably get a bit of joy and maybe 18 months ago two years ago we would have done that but as you say he, he you know I mean you know it's it's easy to settle isn't it when you're 3-1 up against you know your biggest rivals but like 
Sterling had had a great game, and I actually think the opposite. I think he probably came into it more because we we took Salah off and we sort of kind of started to drop into a four four two rather than the other way around. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's as you say, it's. It, it, it's not the worst thing in the world if you bring in two right backs on to defend a three-one lead for fifteen minutes to go. <laughs> no, I think you, I think you were right when you said like they decided to try and get Sterling was no longer playing on the on the shoulder. He'd come very very deep. So our our solution to that was we'll just move our right back forward and then put another right back on. It's it's, it's actually quite simple if you think yeah. about it, mm. but it's to identify it and he, we spotted it relatively quickly. He got in once, didn't he? Yeah. And then all of a sudden the subs it, it's made. Yeah. And to be fair to Gomez. Well, he, he was solid, wasn't he? Like Sterling didn't get a lot yeah. out of him after yeah, that point on. So it was the first management. time they came up against each other, and where Sterling had given Trent a physical battle, there was no physical battle to be had. He come against Gomez and go, he bounces off Gomez, <laughs> and he's like, "Sorry, what was this?" What and Sterling gives him, giving him a bit of a lift as well. He's talking about like, laughter his it was, face. It's great. It was it was to me, yeah. That, just quickly, it was interesting to me that they obviously they had Maras on the bench, never introduced him because obviously. The way they did a like for like swap with Jesus and Aguero. That was bizarre, by the way. Yeah. Why, they, why they didn't just you know chuck two more forwards on and really put us to the to the stone for Aguero a Aguero was really good up until the point where he had to kick out the goal because Trent Alexander Arnold handballed. No, he wasn't. Was like, Aguero was really good yeah. up until, he, but he couldn't shoot. Yeah. And that, it's, sometimes it's the opposite with him. He does nothing, and then all he does is shoot really good goals. And it, it's weird because. The exact same team and the exact just just play, play it that in, game again. in a stadium. Play it in a stadium, forty minutes down the road, and he scores every single time. <laughs> like every time we go to that place, he scores. Yeah. You might as well start the game one 0 Aguero. You might just do it mm. every single game. And for some reason, Anfield, he just whether his head goes, or, or I don't understand what it is. Like shots that he would just score that one that he cuts across the goal. Yes, two he clear scored, cut yeah, chances. He, he scores that every time. Like, and the De Bruyne, the De Bruyne free kick that you literally he doesn't even really give his yeah, give, give a go, go for, for it. it. It's it, it's bizarre. Like I think he's one of the best strikers I've ever seen. He's, yeah. he's, un, he's unreal. But there's something about Anfield that just you know we talk about Sterling. Anfield affects him. It obviously affects Sergio Aguero more because. He turns from the best striker in the world to as he looks like he couldn't have a cow's ass with a banjo. Yeah, it's, it's so bizarre. Maybe yeah, he's absolutely. a top red like Kev De Bruyne. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, look, uh, nine points ahead of City after 11 games, eight points clear at the top of the league. Everyone's been very, very careful. I think Peter Crouch was very careful to be drawn on stuff on match the day. I've been asked a couple of times, <coughs> I'm trying my best to be careful. Jose Mourinho, just having none of it. He's like, if it was me and it was nine points, I'd say it's done. It's not done, Steve. It's not, but I think the point is all. It's all not, this. but it is. Yeah, look, if and look, if Liverpool continue in, in this vein of form, it, it, it's it's based it's based logic. This, if we carry on like this, then it will then it will be done. It's the a great point. Our, our Chris and I's friend James Ward, we got got a game with. He kind of made this point, and he's like, "Why is everyone being shit houses over this stuff? Because rather than being, <coughs> well, it's six points or nine points." What happens if we lose? What are we talking about? We extrapolate this out. We're gonna basically win the Get league by, by like fucking. We're gonna we're gonna be twenty seven points clear or whatever. Yeah. You know, obviously by by the time we get into the season, if we continue to play the last team in the, well, I I done a piece of work actually for my work. Um, the last twenty teams. Yeah, great. Read Liverpool go over and have a look if you want. The last twenty years of teams we were top after twelve games. City had eight point lead two years ago. That's the biggest has been. We're joint with it. They got a hundred points on the league by like nineteen points. That, that that's the mm. that's the company we're in now. The, if you were looking at it in any other way, if, if it was City top by eight, 
and we were fourth, it'd be game over. City have won the league. Yeah. It, like it would, it, it just would be. We're all just, we're all very worried about jinx. Yeah. Liverpool are, <laughs> yeah. Liverpool are brilliant at breaking all these stupid, horrible records like being top at Christmas or not. Yeah. We've, we've done it also. You know what the difference it, is? It, it, it's superstition rather than logic. Yeah. Logic says Liverpool are going to win the league. That's, what, that's what every all the stats tell you that we're just really, really terrified of it being. Because it's been so long. That I, yeah, the difference yeah. is the difference for me, and and it's right. And the ca- the caveat is this: is that there's no accounting for mad injury crises. No, no. you know, there's no accounting for you lose you, the spine of your team in a freak accident. You know what I mean? They're all they're all they're all on a, a giant toboggan at Christmas, and it crashes into a tree or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be furious. By the way, I'd be if they were in the same one. It yeah. would be like, <laughs> like, like, all, like all the, the president and the vice president can't both be on Air Force One. You are not allowed in the same toboggan. Yeah, Mo, yeah, you're yeah. in. Mo, Harvey Elliott, Harvey Elliott, you're in that one. Who else is in with Mo? Who have we got? Adrian, you're you're in. Yeah. No two players in the same position. <laughs> they're allowed in the same in the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. you're driving that one. Shaq, get in there behind him. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, that's the point. Is that is that for me? The difference is is that every title challenge we've ever had has felt ragged. Yeah. It's felt like <laughs> we're always on a knife edge. Honestly, yeah. honestly, and I know. Look. I was at Villa Park and it took me a day to recover from being at Villa Park because of how, how late we left it and the fact that I was dreadfully, dreadfully hungover. Um, but, you know, we've had those moments, Sheffield United, that was luck. Yeah. You know, we've, we've, I don't think we've been as lucky as people think we have. I think we've, we've used the time available to us better than, than teams have previously. But that's the point, you're right. This is, I've never felt... The best Liverpool have played in a spell of football this season was the first half against uh, Southbury. And it stands out because we were fucking exceptional. That's the best football we've played all season. I don't think we've come close to that level for the vast majority of the games. I think we've had spells where we've been good, um, but I don't really think we've been consistently at our best yet. And that is the encouraging thing. I don't feel like we're flat out. I don't feel like it's foot to the floor, mm. needle in the red. You know, like it's gonna, you know, it's it's go for the line and it all, or it all bursts and falls apart. It's just it, it's when you break obviously the season down into thirds, and <coughs> it's exactly what happened last season in that we had a, a tremendous middle third in the sense that we were so far ahead by Christmas, uh, and then obviously City had the best sort of end third slash yeah. end of the second third sort of thing, and it's going to be massive in terms of you know. City have got to play United, they've got to play Chelsea in the next like, four, uh, four weeks. We've got to play nine games in that sort of time. It's going to be, that. that's for me where it's won or lost. I think that's, the, the, I think that's the key, is it, Paul, is that it's because we know how good they are. Like yeah. no one, that's the, we, we've literally just seen them just win 18 games on the run. Yeah. yeah. And they can do it again. Yeah. And that, and that, and then that's the, that's the difference, I think, between so, years past. The thing for me is that you got Crystal Palace after the international break away from home and we've mm-hmm. struggled there. Even when we've, even though we've been taking the wins, we've struggled there a lot in recent years. If you can, if you just go put a little full stop on that first third of the season with that game, you know, the, the international break doesn't help to go nine points ahead of City. And then to drop points at your first available opportunity yeah. afterwards, I think puts you on rocky ground. Don't bank on them beating Chelsea though. No, no, no. But you're always right to be fair. But I think for us again, not worrying about what Man City are doing. I think if you got, you just got to come out. I think it just there's, look, there's loads and loads of games coming up. You've got to yeah. win them all. Really. Can I ask a question to guys? Like, if City are fourth and we think they're are Leicester and Chelsea title challenges in anyone's heads? Or I can't. Al- I can't allow myself to. I, I said, still think City are a higher quality. I said to my pissing United mates, I said it would be poetic justice for Brendan Rodgers to win to beat us to the league with Leicester. <laughs> and it's disgusting to think about yeah. because they are the absolute dark horse in the sense that they'll be 
30 games in, still be second, and people will still think they won't You won't know what their teams are capable of, Chelsea or Leicester, until they come out of December. Yeah. Um, mm. Chelsea have got all have got the European football. They've got all the fixture overload. They might come out on top in that. It's if Brendan Rodgers guides them through that Christmas period mm. and they're still there and thereabouts. Look, if they're, if they're in touching distance with us... Come, with no come, European games. Come, 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 come the Boxing Day game, even if we beat them, they're thereabouts. I think they'll be issuing... They're, they're probably still issuing for top four, to be fair. Yeah. But I... Um, I just think both of those sides will will fall short somewhere, and it will probably just be that when the when it when it's and it's physically most demanded. Well, Chelsea haven't been great in like big big games. I'm scared it's, more it's of Leicester Europe, than Chelsea. Even a, Chelsea aren't great at home, which is is quite odd. I, I think mm. you you might be able to fancy yourself going there. Well. Okay, well, listen, Dad, we could do this all day long. <laughs> We've got a whole international break to merrily chat about all this stuff, and that we will. Um, but listen, thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much to theathletic.co.uk for sponsoring this podcast today. Uh, go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Red Men TV to get 50% off your annual subscription. The best Liverpool writing in the world, including the likes of James Pierce. No ads, no pop-ups, all that good stuff. Um, make sure you like and subscribe to the Red Men TV YouTube channel as well, and we'll see you very, very soon. <laughs> 